1: This Week in League, brought to you by the number 7 and the letters C-U-N-T. Just when you thought. Hold up.
2: Joel Monaghan was the purveyor of the biggest dog acts in Canberra, Ricky Stewart rolls into town.
1: We've recovered Matt Chechen's calculator, he was right next to the Cowboys' moral compass.
2: Plus we preview all of the action for week two of the final series. All that and more this week in League.
1: Welcome to episode 138 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And
2: I am Glenn. I thought for a second
1: you were going to forget who you were.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, and I'm Nate. What the fuck <laughs> is that? That's a terrible start.
1: It's like, well I mean it's the theme of the week isn't it? Like the Cowboys dreaming that they were going to get the match given to them. I know you're dreaming. <laughs> I'm dreaming of every, about being you. Everyone's aspiring to better their position this week. <laughs> um. So yeah, obviously... Uh, nothing happened this week in, in football just we're to gonna, clarify we're gonna, not Nate we're gonna, not happy about it we are going to struggle we are going to struggle for content because nothing will happen it was a very uneventful week in terms of uh, National Rugby League um, <laughs> Twitter feedback Shanta86 breaking this week in league to become the new NRL clock consultants we'll revert to an analogue clock big and little hands known as George and Glenn
2: fuck off ninja <laughs> Isn't he he's just taken hold of our coattails and we've given meaning other than the fact that he he's uh he's as we've disclosed on numerous occasions on this show, he's um he's won the fucking lottery as far as uh life partners go. Um <laughs> but geez he's hanging on to our coattails to give his life some worth.
1: Isn't he? Isn't he? And we got one from uh Sammy Boy in nineteen eighty six and this is uh, over a, a UK listener. Great podcast this week. So funny I almost drove off the road in a pissing rain while wetting myself laughing.
2: Two revelations there. One, someone found us funny. Two, it's raining in England. I oh, know that shocking. never happens. Shock. That never happens. That
1: that's probably the most shocking tweet actually in the history of Twitter <laughs> itself, not just this show. <laughs> Facebook. Um Ian Saguna said, uh who who sends us so much stuff on Facebook, so uh thanks very much, dude. Um
2: Saguna. Doesn't have the same ring, to it, does it?
1: It kind of it kind of works. It doesn't work out quite as well though. I uh, he said, hey fellas, since you two guys are curious on what the Sefton Playhouse is, here's a link. I'm pretty sure Mrs Burgess is involved in the Saturday Night Special this week. And If Manly win the comp and Tigers win under 20s, celebration drinks to be held here. So anyway, then he gave the link, and it was like you know SeftonPlayhouse.com.au. So then the the ca- the the description text for the site said. Uh, why we don't know about this? I don't know. No. <laughs> Most successful strip club in Australia and New Zealand, <laughs> the Sefton Playhouse has the hottest girls, coldest beer, TAB, VIP rooms, news agency, and all your other entertainment needs. Come they've and got see
2: bourbon, for yourself. I've right? <sighs> got the coldest beer, but surely they don't have bourbon too.
1: They got news agency and stuff. I mean, quite frankly, they've got
2: bourbon there. That is dead set. Why, why the greatest you, place on earth. Why
1: wouldn't you live there? That's the. I mean, like, <laughs>
2: well, you'd probably be classed as a squatter.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but. Uh, I'll tell you what when we do inevitably do a Sydney catch up Sefton Playhouse in the warehouse yeah. of the morning
1: Yeah, and, and female listeners of course you you're very I, welcome
2: if you think you won't catch me there at, at some point in my next trip to Sydney you're a damn fool <laughs>
1: <laughs> Now, um, Mark Martins said a question for you guys to discuss on your next show do you agree that it's hypocritical for the Raiders to even consider signing Ricky Stewart for family reasons in quotes yet they won't give Milford a release for a slightly more legitimate family reason
2: interesting uh, little quandary that the Raiders find themselves in. I'd, I'd think that in both cases it's fairly self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Um, and at the end of the day, the Raiders have been fucked over as far as clubs poaching their players, um, when they've tried to take, um, you know, the right stand with them discipline-wise. Yeah, the moral high ground on yeah, that, yeah. you know, and, and they've been fucked over and with the lights of, of Dugan, etc. So, um, I I don't really agree with the Ricky Stewart appointment, but not because he's going there for family reasons. Because his recent record of coaching is fucking appalling, and why anyone would want to sign to such a long term deal for so much money based on fuck all. Yep. Um, and the fact this like is gutted. I'd like to have several years of shit performance in my job, and then step into a role that was guaranteed for the next however many years for three so many. three
1: years and is essentially a promotion.
2: Yeah. Um, real life doesn't work like that.
1: <laughs> no, unless you're Shane Tisky
2: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, and I agree. But I mean, the thing is, I mean, as we've already broke the news on on this show, what probably last week or the week before. You know Milford doesn't particularly have a more legitimate family reason. I mean, we've already established that, um, that it's his Xbox in Brisbane he's missing and he loves playing Halo. mean <laughs> I mean because I mean, like, Halo's not a real name, so his dad's not called Halo, that's a scientific fact. I don't care what he. I don't care what Anthony tries to say. <laughs> <laughs> fuck he knows. Um, email. We didn't get any feedback per se, but got an email. I, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Gavin Renick. He's emailed us uh, probably two or three times over the course of this year. Um, they just, he just sent. A, he just sent an email and said, "I just wanted to wish your mob the best of luck tomorrow night. I hope the refs don't fuck up and the best team wins. Go the Chookies." So isn't that nice? Fucking nice discourse.
2: That's fucking isn't lovely, it, isn't it? For the amount, like, fucking warm I, my heart. I don't remember specifically wailing on old mate like over the course of the season like yeah. you know basically calling him you know any names or no no he's always been top of the casting aspersions yep. upon him and uh yeah that's that's quality work you know it's people like Shunter and Devonhead and <laughs> cockheads like that that just <laughs> constantly put themselves out there why can't they send emails like that
1: isn't well, it nice luck, guys exactly good
2: luck name but I have Hope to your team plays well
1: I do have to say though I'm not sure why I, I don't know if it's because of the other teams that are in the eight or especially in the top four but it was it was remarkably civil between the Roosters and Manly fans and I actually felt and I, and I wasn't like putting it on either I was actually like these cunts aren't so bad I actually fucking like
2: these Can guys Can I say and and I know that we're going to get to the recap but I saw the the biggest the people that I had the most problem with on Twitter during that game were the people saying it was a shit game <sighs> I'm like what the fuck was, are you watching?
1: There were definitely some. There were definitely some some quality quality issues, you know, with ball handling because like that. Because of the intensity, How, however, our the intensity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is like probably the fucking one of the games of the season. And funnily Absolutely. enough, the other the other probably game of the season was probably the ten-all draw between Marely and Storm. Yeah. You know, back earlier in the season. Um, look odd. But we'll get to that. That's... Anyway.
2: You know, it's good, and and it's good that rugby league can be like that between the fan bases, and it doesn't have to be about who you love to hate, and and um, you know who's oh. a bunch of filthy cheats and who. You we don't have that. After the I, game I and... don't
1: actually have that in the news either, because it was probably you know a, a bit old for this uh, this episode. But how's fucking a how's how's those rabbit fans with that scum you know forever in our shadow banner yeah. they un, unfurled? But two, how's the rabbit eyes like oh we're fucking ban- they're, they're paying members, we're fucking banning them
2: really yeah they fucking kicked them out the people with the banner
1: the South fans the South South tore up their memberships wow because of fucking who's Cockhead that owns them with um Rusty Peter Holmes yeah he's like oh fucking that's disgusting yeah, you the the well, are yeah, they, the ones that they promote, promote the percent. games. I mean, but, yeah, but they promote the games between those teams with the love to hate hashtag no, no, and shit. No, that
2: shooting. was the roosters that come up with the love to hate thing. They were pushing that more than the Rabbitohs. Yeah,
1: O's. and you don't and you didn't see the Rabbitohs fans fucking going in. Oh, no, both no. Feet? I'm saying
2: uh, the fans that's both sliding like, bases are like, as bad as one another. That's
1: sliding in like that Billy slater.
2: The actual <laughs> club, as far as the roosters I I believe were responsible for the love to hate thing. <laughs> and and I don't necessarily have a huge issue with it. It's when when fans you know, make it something that it isn't and because someone wears a different coloured jersey then, you know, oh, I'm just like, This isn't colours. This isn't, yeah, <laughs> this isn't South Central. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how many, you know, how many of those people... Like
1: well, I saw this guy and I'm pretty sure he doesn't fucking listen to the show. A South supporter and fucking our mate East fan... Rick, I mean, he fucking he troll he trolls the LOL at Souths thing like, like no one else. Like every day, yeah, like a tw- motherfucker. Twenty five yeah. times a day minimum, he's fucking doing saying something about South. Right. Just boom, just banging it. The bang
2: only time out. he stops is when he runs off, trots off to the bathroom with his box of tissues. Yeah, Cause that's the only thing he does more than troll South fans.
1: But that's because trolling South fans bars him right up. So
2: yeah, well, they the two go hand in hand. Pardon yeah. the yeah. pun. Yeah.
1: So after the after the South and East game, uh, you know, for the minor premiership in the last round. This fucking guy is like, he's just trolling, like, doing his thing. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, you fucking, you know, the South fans get the shit because yeah. South lost. And he's like, oh, you fucking, you know, you say so, that, you know, Moving fucking one-on-one, one-on-one, and fucking. And then he's like, oh, 12.30 tomorrow, red phone over. Come on, you know, I'll, I'll be there, fuck it. A fucking cockhead carries on with that shit. What are
2: you, fucking 10?
1: A, it's 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 football. Get a fucking out, cunt. Two, it's Twitter as well. <laughs> like, it's <the> internet. Fucking <laughs> oh, damn and, like, I'm all for pe- I'm all for there being consequences of people fucking... Be- but this dude, he was just, like, trolling. He wasn't even fucking being personal to this guy. I mean, this guy was just so butthurt from losing that, that game for the minor premiership. He's like, oh, I'm going to fucking throw. And then, the funniest thing is, I see someone fucking, uh, like, a Cronulla supporter. The next day, I was sort of like, I wonder where this fucking fight thing... I wonder if how far it went. So I went to have a look again and see how it was gone. And then I see a fan of, like, I think it was Cronulla, tweeting this South guy saying... Fuck! I wish all fans were like you. You're so gracious. You've you've been so gracious to defeat (laughs) them. And he's like, and he's like, I know. Hang on a sec. No, he's like, I know, right? Hang on a minute, cunt. Did did you fucking get (laughs) not
2: twelve hours ago? You were uh, wanting to throw down at Redfern (laughs) Oval.
1: Did you did you get tired of fucking Rick coming? Did you wanted to come down to Redfern Oval? You started punching yourself in the head and gave yourself amnesia. (laughs) Fucking moron. But anyway, enough Ah, of that. people are idiots. They are, they are. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that got off the feedback side, so, but you just reminded me of it when you're talking about, you know, the gracious fans. Uh, I just thought I had to highlight some of the cunts. Yes. Let's get straight to it. The monumental fuck-up in the Cowboys game. We'll talk about the game itself later and the running of the game, etc., etc., but there was a seventh tackle. Everyone knows. This is old news now, and um, there was a review into the match uh, with the elite performance manager of the referees, uh, Daniel Anderson, Todd Greenberg
2: How much, what, is it, what else does he do with his time because it doesn't look like he's focusing on the elite performance of the referees based on their performances this season
1: if I was Daniel Anderson what the fuck be, is he doing I'd be slamming my nuts in the door of a car I mean just like fucking hell what a and he was supposed to bring oh, a new era should just
2: eunuch himself
1: he was supposed to bring a new era of like you know referee like accountability and quality and you know all this sort of stuff in yeah. so, that was
2: Bill, was... so was Bill Harrigan and Stuart Raper
1: yeah Bill Harrigan was a shit cunt when he was on the field I mean what was he going to do off the field
2: that's, that's that's a little bit fucking of a blanket statement. Oh, fuck good him. Well, he had magnificent hair there at one stage.
1: He'd get run over by a fucking cement truck. That's what <laughs> needed to happen to <laughs> him. Well, good on you, Bozo. <laughs> that's what needed to happen to him. He's been shit for the longest time. You know, with Bozo, you would be for him. I mean, that guy had a decade of shit refereeing behind him. But um, Todd Greenberg, they say the uh, the NRL head of football, but I say probably, you know, Acting. NRL head of football at this point, you know, pending his uh his arse from the game with any luck, uh, said a number of issues had been identified and measures are already being implemented. Um, so from yesterday. The on-field referees will be expected to vocalise each tackle so that the players and the entire match official squad will be aware of the referees' count at all times. But
2: what happens if they still go one, two, three, three, four, five, six? Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I guess the idea is they go three again, and then you know the second referee or you know a touchy, whatever goes. No, mate. That's good call, that, mate. No, 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 mate, that was actually you know two that's
2: 2 plus 1 is 2
1: and then the referee started bickering between and going no I'm sure it was 3 no mate no you said 3 before and then there's like in the players meanwhile the quick play the ball's that a on on. they have 8 tackles 14 tackle <laughs> try yeah. um, the all match official squads have been reminded of the shared responsibility they have in assisting the head referee additional responsibilities have also been given to the head video referee in relation to the tackle count Greenberg said that while referees can never be infallible the circumstances of Saturday remain unacceptable the referees accept that there are consequences for their actions and it is likely to cost significantly in the final series ahead when Daniel confirms his appointments. We do need to keep a sense of perspective. At our end, we need to ensure that everything can be done to prevent human error. We also need to accept in a game as intense and as fast paced as rugby league, you'll never eradicate all mistakes either on the part of the players or the officials. We'll be doing everything we can to ensure this does not happen again. So, the... um. Also, reviewing while they're reviewing things, they reviewed the uh, security breach at Allianz that led to fans subjecting Cowboys players to abuse. They uh, said, arrangements had been in place with the stadium to prevent this, and we're bitterly disappointed they did not proceed as planned. The security and safety of the players is paramount importance, and we've expressed our dissatisfaction with stadium officials to ensure what happened on Saturday is not repeated.
2: Why oh. is it that the the players had to walk from the from Allianz to the SCG? A, yeah the
1: SCG, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, like it's, maybe it was because of the situation. Maybe the first games. Maybe there was a dressing room situation because there was four ga- you know four teams on the day.
2: Couldn't they shuttle bus them?
1: You'd think so. I don't know. Apparently, it was meant to be just like a you know a a secured. I mean, I don't know how they secure a walkway. I mean, my fuckers security have just guards. played
2: eighty eighty minutes of of you know one of the most intense sports. Yeah. You know, on the planet, and um, you know, I actually feel for all all players bar Robert Louis. Yep. I mean, that motherfucker should have been made walk naked from Allianz to the SCG, and hopefully, a, you know, a public stoning might have broken out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the rest of them, fucking hell, spring for a shuttle bus or a, you know, Yep. pope Mobile exactly. fuck? Exactly. Put them in one of those Chinese dragon suits, so no one recognising them. Yeah. I don't know. Make and, it up a and, bit. and the Sharkies fans that were lining,
1: yeah. You know, the Sharkies fans that were lining away too. Apparently they got, you know, went way overboard, you know, getting in the face of guys and almost came to blows. So uh, that's not cool.
2: You got your win. no. It's definitely not cool. But you know, at the end, of, we just spoke about every fan base. Fan base has their element of fuckwits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and our clubs unfortunately are no different. Mm-hmm. And I've met my share of of, of each from both. <laughs> um, but you you shouldn't. The player should never have been put in that position. That's it. You know what happens. You know, worst comes to worst. Like the 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 a lot of the fans. Um, you know who knows? Like there could be people there that haven't been into the game, so they haven't been subject subjected to scu- security checks. Who knows mm-hmm. what they've got on?
1: Them? Yep. Because they, they yeah. would have had to walk just across that. You know, like that outdoor area there, like yeah. you know, outside of the actual stadium itself. Exactly
2: yeah. right. And I mean, you know. Again, it's it's the it's the unprofessionalism. You you compare. I know it's on a much smaller scale. Certainly, budget wise etc. To to the NBA and yep and and things like that. But could you imagine? You know the LA Lakers. Yeah. You, you know the LA Lakers having to walk from fucking Staples Center. You know across to you know some other venue. Somewhere hundred meters down Just there. walking in public in full view of opposition fans and like yep. not gonna fucking happen not without a security detail that Obama would be looking at going well that's over the top guys yep you know I just I don't fucking get it think it through you morons it's what you're employed to do yeah
1: exactly <laughs> another issue was the clock um and like we're experts on the clock no, but um what? it's important Any,
2: if anyone knows clock
1: we so, like, we we're, we're all, we're all over the clock we fucking clock experts fiends for the clock and um and as you saw what happened i mean you know, i think there's a, a scrum packed down down the cowboys end of the field um 41 seconds left on the clock cowboys uh you know win the scrum go on a run and end up going all the way down field to to the point of having a try you know needed to be adjudicated by the video referee that comes back. Clock's still 41 seconds. So really, realistically, the you know the time running down the field should have easily, you know, in the passing interchange and all that, probably would have juiced up probably 25 seconds by the time Easy. the referee went to call for, you know stop time and call for video referee. Um, and so with the situation, obviously, it left Cronulla you know having to defend for an entire set, you know, or having to sorry ruck it out for, from their own end an entire set. Um, <clears throat> to survive, you know, on a two-point lead. Uh, so the quote was there is, it was important to note the clock on the scoreboard is a display clock and the official match clock with the timekeeper operated without error. We understand the concerns of players and fans at the time given the excitement in the final moments of the game, but the match was played to the correct time. The NRL has also ordered a complete review of all current procedures match officials utilize out of timekeeping facilities at stadiums. In ideal world, the broadcaster, stadium, and timekeeper would all be working off the one feed, and that is certainly something we'd like to pursue. So what he's saying there is... That there actually was meant to be forty-one seconds on there, is that what he's saying? No, because he's, he's saying, saying
2: that, that the, the, if if what the players were looking at was the was the clock on the on the screen, it's a yeah. dis- that's a display. But what the fuck is the point of having a display clock? That's why like having display breasts.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: What's the point of that?
1: But he's saying so he's saying the official match clock was a timekeeper operated without error. So if it, if there was no error there, then that means forty-one seconds was was what it was. You know what I mean? Because they didn't the stop the because 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 they didn't stop the match. They, I mean, say say hypothetically speaking, say it was actually fifteen seconds. The siren didn't go in fifteen seconds. Mm. They played down to the forty-one seconds. Oh. And he's saying so. If he's saying that the match clock operated without error, then he's saying the forty-one seconds is the correct thing. Then, which is fucking nonsense. Look, honestly, I've been trolling this cunt on fucking
2: Twitter as well. I'm confused as fuck. But anyway
1: best operator in the game my fucking ass and he's proved it over the last couple of weeks over the
2: last last month or so and uh, and some of the revelations of his conduct over the you know certainly um, before this season you know it's again we we sort of hark back to the Michael Searle thing he was Mm -hmm. uh, widely regarded as as the next big thing as far as administrators in the game and um, he fell on his sword uh, by way of his, his conduct and um certainly if the rumors are true um greenberg might be headed down a similar path but um it's th- there just seems to be too much spin from the nrl not enough decisive action mm-hmm. and um you know when people aren't made to face the consequences of their actions um and in we'll, time will tell whether greenberg himself is has to live up to that but some of the shit is just it's fucking unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at you know, with the game signed a billion dollar T V rights deal. It's a fucking lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's a big investment. Um and Channel Nine they don't they don't do their investment justice by the product that they put out there by way of their broadcast. That's the right. NRL doesn't really in a lot of you know and you can trot all the stats out as far as um viewership and, and things like that. But, fuck, when you look at the crowds on the weekend and, and you look at some of the things that the NRL, the, they can't get the officialling right. Um, it's it's just unprofessional on a lot of different levels. And it's sad to see. It's a game that we, we both love and everyone listening to the show loves. And, um, you know, you really wanted this, this TV rights deal to, to be the you know the dawning of a new era. Um and, and for the game to take itself much more seriously than what it has this season. It's it's pretty sad.
1: Yeah. And uh, pouring petrol on the whole thing, Paul Gallen said that uh on Sky Sports Radio. <laughs> He said uh, when talking about the Cowboys saying they did not uh, did themselves no favours by pleading for justice four days after the game. He said, I think they're carrying on now. Uh, it's a mistake and we don't want to see it happen. I'd probably be a bit upset too. But to say it's cost them a game with, with claims of conspiracy theories, no one stopped on the field, no one knew it was the seventh tackle, the seventh tackle didn't make Sam easy. run over the top of four blokes. I think while it's a mistake, we've got to get on with it.
2: Well, I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, you wouldn't
1: on Twitter, it's like, Paul Gallant's a fucking cunt. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm seeing. Really? I do know. Yeah, you know, admittedly, you know, some of it's from Cowboys fans. Probably a lot of it's from Queensland fans. I'd say, I agree. wholeheartedly. Oh,
2: hardly. At the end of the day, what the... F- and, and people want to call Cronulla cheats and yeah. stuff like that. Like, what the fuck Cronulla do about they it?
1: They got nothing. They had nothing to do with it. They were just playing to the whistle. Same, that, as, yeah. same as the Cowboys, were when they were trying to defend the trial, they couldn't stop.
2: Exactly. And...
1: They will not stand there blind up about a seven tackle If if the shoe
2: was on the other foot Jonathan Thurston would have a big fucking smile on his face and say yeah it was one of those things He'd be
1: doing the laugh that the fucking people that watch the footy show just love and rave about Oh I love his laugh I love his laugh I'm glad that it stopped quite frankly because it annoys the fucking shit out of me um, Gallen went on to say that I was upset last year during the origin series but I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory and it costs us a game that's like me coming out and saying it's a conspiracy theory that Queensland's won origin the past eight years when you look at the Greg Inglis or Justin Hodges tries last year the Cowboys had plenty of opportunities to win to say it cost them a game they're using that as an excuse so that's, yeah
2: that's some motherfucking real talk right there
1: that's that's real talk from Gallen real talk yeah you know. So yeah, surprised
2: Gary hasn't backed that up with some further real talk.
1: Now, the aftermath.
2: Chechen, Perinara. Gary would be just saying the Cowboys are just as sad.
1: They are, they're losers. And uh, Matt Chechen, Henry Perinara, gone. Uh, video referee Jason Robinson and Matt Rodwell, gone. Touch judges Jeff Eunice and Michael Wise, gone. Is that gone. the
2: same Matt Rodwell that used to be head of the Players Association?
1: I wonder. Can't be too many of them around you. None of them will officiate another NRL game this season. So that is a really positive thing for the game. I mean that's a, I mean, to have Matt Chechen I mean Perinara is only new, so I mean I can put some of his shit down to he's always a junior F on the field at the time anyway, but I can put some of his bullshit down to the fact that he's you know inexperienced or whatever, you know. That's fine. That's that's fine to win it to a point. You still gotta do your fucking job right, but you know, if if you, if they fuck up sometimes you go, well like, you know, you know he's inexperienced. Matt Chechen though, He's plenty of experience, been the shittiest ref in the game for fucking eons, and it's finally good to see that uh, that cunt's getting his just desserts. So fuck off. He's been fucking costing us games since fucking... Fuck. I remember his first 1947. fucking game. I don't know, not 1947, but I remember there was a game, his first ever game was refereed by... Fuck. Who was it? Let's say for argument's sakes it was someone like, you know, Sean Hampstead playing Manly versus the Warriors in New Zealand. Hampstead, or whoever the referee was at the time, pulls a hamstring, can't, con- can't continue in the second half. Matt Chetchen makes his fucking debut, second half of that game. Absolutely cocks it up, cunts us, and ultimately costs us the game, And which was a pattern that he went on. I mean, he was the cunt that gave the penalty to fucking Preston Campbell to, to boot the Titans to win when Manly were leading by a field goal. I, mean, I can the, the the travesties that that fuckhead has provided presided over.
2: You're starting to sound like cowboys.
1: I'm saying I'm not asking for the points back. I don't I don't need the points back. You know what?
2: You want those games replayed? Do you no. want replayed?
1: not okay. at all, not at all. I think that's a ridiculous idea. Um, but what I do want is that kind of out of refereeing, and that's what I got this week. So fantastic. At least
2: and for, for the two, next month.
1: At least for 2013, I can be satisfied. <laughs> That imbecile isn't going to cost anyone up, anything else. my might pop up in the World Cup. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, but it might be our games, will it? Will it? Does
2: it have to be neutral? It be?
1: It's sort of. It's. Uh, I'm not sure if it has to be neutral, but it seems like we I don't get a I look forward
2: Australian... to him <laughs> fucking ostracising an entire new fan base from Papua New Guinea when he costs the Cornwalls again.
1: Yeah, maybe they will cut his fucking head off.
2: Probably against England.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that machete the shit out of him. Too bad, so sad.
2: Did I tell you that um, one of our tour guards from Kokoda... Was in that? The day we flew out of fucking, of Kokoda. Oh, okay. We were on the plane. We got to the hotel and there's all these people sort of running around whispering to one another that, that ran the tour group. Turns out our tour guide, when it's come time to cough up the cash, because yeah. they all get their money at the end of the trek, Yeah, they all come over to him with their hands out and there was a bit of a shortfall in the money, Yeah, machete to the head.
1: Oh, killed? Nah. Just a bad injury. Yeah, from pretty, machete pretty ordinary fucking... Injury yeah.
2: and decent scar, I would imagine.
1: Oh pay the people their money. Don't t- fuck don't, don't fuck around. Don't stiff it. I thought you were gonna say they got carved up a bit like last week or whenever with nah. that shit happened. No no no. Alright. <laughs> so, moving right along. Milford you, just, you mentioned you know, mentioned yeah. machetes and sort of I've got a machete story. Yep. Yeah. prison Broncos they could be forced to use Ben Barber in halves next year, as now Anthony Milford is on the fence, in quotes, about returning to Queensland. He's going to spend the week with his family in Anala, and will decide whether to activate the get-out clause in his Canberra Raiders contract by this weekend. Uh, Ricky Stewart said that he's uh, optimistic of keeping the utility. Um, he met with Sam Ayoub, who's Milford's manager. He met him on Monday afternoon to discuss the intentions. Ayub says Milford was torn between family and his passion for the Raiders and was grappling with the magnitude of the decision. He's on the fence about what he should or shouldn't be doing. He's not unhappy at the Raiders this is about family and Canberra know that they allowed the clause to be put in Anthony's contract they didn't allow that in for the fun of it should he elect to stay there and be away from his family for another year there's no reason why he can't do that this is a very difficult decision for him. It's a personal choice he's up in Brisbane now and I'll be up there later this week to sit down with Anthony and his family to assess exactly how they're feeling. It's not like I hate this mob I want to go to that mob. He's torn between family and his career. He's entitled to be homesick and be around His family, and whether he chooses to do that now in the future, that hasn't been decided yet.
2: Look, I feel for the kid, but I just wonder if you know if he's in Brisbane, trying to make up his mind whether he should come to Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Is Anala really the place? You know, would the Broncos not put him up at you know some fucking flash hotel in the city? Yeah. Really want him staying in Anala? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have a look around and compare that to Canberra. Yeah. You know what? Cold's not so bad all of a sudden. At least yeah, we well, people tend to wear shoes. Canberra's pretty fucked too, though. he's I mean, not an ala, but it's, not pretty, it's still fucked. It's not fucking an ala. <laughs> so, um. It's the nail on the head right there, my friend.
1: So, Ricky Stewart is optimistic that he'll stay with Canberra. Uh, he's a, this is a great club and he's a big part of it. I have a good relationship with his manager. We'll sit down and go about it the right way. I've briefly, briefly spoken to Sam. It's important Anthony has a break and finds time to spend with his family. Um, so yeah, so the Broncos, I mean, they haven't actually approached him. Well, they, they say they haven't because they can't until the you know, 1st of November. But, um, yeah, without I would imagine
2: him. Imagine his manager knows what their uh, position is,
1: though. I would imagine so, given that they were, uh, had Scott Prince retire, Peter Wallace has gone, Corey Norman's gone, and so they're pretty <laughs> left with pretty much left with you know Hunt in the halves. That's about it. And
2: that's it.
1: They really need Milford. Um, but then I saw an article today in like the Australian or something saying that um. So
2: is he a five? I, so he's been playing fullback, but he obviously must. They have, they obviously have intentions in for him. In,
1: I I don't know what he did in the twenties, but obviously they have intentions of playing him in the halves. So. Um, the other thing I saw is that a, a potential story that uh, the, the Queensland Reds have been sounding him out where there could be a situation where Canberra don't agree to release he wants to come back to Brisbane anyway they make, him, they make him sit out a year well, he has to sit out a year before he can commence a contract with the Broncos at which point he will spend that with the Queensland Reds so that's probably a lesser chance of happening I think but um,
2: that's manager talk right there yeah which is a very, very distant thing from real talk.
1: Yep. Now we're talking about Ricky Stewart just now. Um, he's finally he signed the deal, three-year deal, and this happened. I think probably the day after the the last episode, or maybe the day of the release of the last episode. Um, I remember there was a couple of things that happened that day. Um, I can't remember what all of them were now, but this Ricky Stewart thing was one of them. Was like fucking hell. The two weeks we were late because of yeah. you know illness and stuff like that. Fell into our lap, but fell into our lap. And this week, uh, last week, we got screwed. We we're on time, and um, all the news happened after the show came to, came out. So. Uh, what does Ricky have to say about being an absolute dog? Um, the future of, the, of Canberra. I'm looking forward to it. And as I said to the players and staff this morning, I'm excited and looking forward to the challenge. I think being home is exciting and being involved in the club where I had so many years and so many mates and so much success is also exciting. Canberra and the Canberra Raiders has always been a big part of my grounding and it's nice to be able to return. Uh, the incoming chairman, Alan Hawke, said the official deal to sign Stewart for a three-year contract had been finalised and the Raiders board of directors would meet with the incoming coach to discuss what else he requires to make the club a success. We've come to an official agreement today in regards to Ricky's contract, and it'll be a three-year deal with a possible extension depending on performance. Ricky will come to the board when he's ready to let us know what else he needs in terms of support in order to do the job, and I'm sure the board will give him the full support in doing that.
2: What the fuck do the Parramatta Eels do? Well... Can Can they put any of those... Well, I don't know, do they want to keep any of those players that have been punted?
1: Yeah, I mean, did did you know what's the situation? What's the status of those con of those contracts? I mean, I assume some of them have found places to go. Some of them are going to retire, whatever. But what's the status? Have their contracts actually been terminated? Can the Eels, you know, reverse what's happened? Can they? Can would they? They want can, to. Yeah, would they want to? Can they? You know, negotiate with ones that have been told? You know, say no. Actually, you know, that was Ricky. We, are, you know, they probably have to wait till they get a fucking coach to start with, see what his intentions are.
2: I mean, the place was in a bit of a mess. Yeah. When he got there, yep, uh, he leaves it in a bigger mess. Mm-hmm. Some of it not through his own doing, but certainly a lot of it yep. was by his own design. Um, and, you know, and he and he went there with a promise to achieve big things and and you know make the big decisions at Parramatta. And the biggest decision he's made is to walk out on them after this, you know, a relatively small amount of time. So, mm-hmm. um, whoever does take on that job is is. It's a bit de- it's a bit like déjà vu, you know. Stuart leaves a big mess. The next guy comes in, tries to clean up. The board gets impatient, they punt him, and and repeat. It's
1: but it is hard to get sacked as a coach of Canberra, though. Very much once so. In, once in history, especially
2: when you're a favourite son.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: Whether that's by blood or you know by way of your performances back in the day. So yeah, yeah. Um, certainly a long term future there. Mm-hmm. Is is Canberra home? How long has it been since he lived in Canberra? Has he always lived there, been based there? Um and
1: I just shrug and say
2: Fuck before he was Roosters Coach, he was Canterbury's. Under twenties co- yeah, coach, well, the reserve, yeah, or yeah, exactly. Reserve came, or up, came up came up fight. through the grays there, yeah. Then went to the Roosters? Yep. He's like, how long's since he's actually been part of Canberra?
1: Do you know what the actual family thing with him is? Remember no, like, how he said it was like family reasons? I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, it's, it's total bullshit, but I just wonder, you know, it didn't sound like a very convincing story to me. But while we're on Parramatta, Neil Henry is on the hit list of Eels chairman Steve Sharp. So they met on Monday, the board members, to discuss a number of agenda items, including the vacant CEO role and a proposed shortlist of candidates to succeed new Canberra coach Ricky Stewart. One club delegate is, delegate is keen for Brian Smith to return in a coaching director's role, offering mentoring to a rookie coach such as Andrew Dunemann. But uh, Henry is a priority target, with Sharp revealing his plan to contact the 52-year-old whose five-year tenure with the Cowboys ended in finals heartbreak against Cronulla last Saturday night. Henry, regarded as one of the coach's finest tacticians, and Sharp, the former Parramatta back rower, believes the former Queensland assistant has a skill set to rebuild the Eels. Uh, he said there's some very good coaches out there, but I think Neil's done a good job in North Queensland, and I think he would enjoy the challenge here at Parramatta. We'd be silly not to talk to him. He got the Cowboys to the finals for the last three years, and he's been able to assemble a fair playing roster. The coach has huge input on keeping players at a club, and he's been able to keep Matt Scott, James Tamau, and Jonathan Thurston at the Cowboys when they're off contract. We have to get someone who's going to buy into where we want to go. We have a strategic direction of where the club wants to go, and I understand the club's, and understand the club's culture. I need to foster a winning culture. Neil can certainly do that. I haven't spoken to him as yet, but I want to get a feel for how certain coaches view the game and their plan for Parramatta so Brian Smith is not well as a coaching director he might be okay actually Brian Smith
2: well as long as he you know he stays away from the players
1: well I mean Brian Smith is always good for you know getting in for a year and then fucking off it's a one year coaching director thing to oversee the you know trying to come back from the shambles because Brian Smith is very good at that that one yeah, year rebuilding, out the yeah, and yeah yeah exactly and rebuilding a club out. and then he usually stays on a year too long and he's you know he's released and hated and you know, generally reviled so yeah it's possible um, now what else do we have here as well um, just trying to see if I can find any other names here really you know, no other names mentioned apart from Dunaman that I said earlier and um, yes yeah, so, I mean I, I think Henry's probably a better option than a coaching director plus a rookie Mm. I mean, they need someone who's actually been there, and you know, experienced, and everything. And Henry, you know, is, is you know the results haven't really spoken for it, you know, that much. But I mean, yeah, you know, he's he's you know reputed to be a very good coach. Mm. He's you know he's he's been said in the past that you know he's the brains behind Mal and uh, the Queensland yeah, how, State of How
2: much worse could they do though, Power? I mean, yeah, yeah, there's exactly. that.
1: At this point, we could coach them <laughs> and actively fucking hate the team. Yeah. And coach them to sabotage and They still probably perform better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and speaking of coaches, I had to put this one in for you. I mean, it's a nothing story, but, you know, I've got to keep you interested at this time of the year. Mick Potter's coaching job is safe, and the West Tigers have now formally named his assistants. So, on Monday, the Tigers named Todd Payton and David Kidwell as Potter's coaching assistants with ex parramatta Toyota Cup coach Andrew Webster, the West Tigers' new Holden Cup coach. Uh, Kidwell and Payton will replace Roy Simmons and Steve Georgalis. I almost said Roy Simmons then. After one month months of speculation, Potter is now absolutely certain to take West Tigers into the 2014 season. Our commitment right through was that this review was about structure, not personnel, said Grant Mayer. The club's board signed off on the structure some weeks ago. Bick and myself have been working on populating that structure. Webster's previously coached at West Tigers in junior rep sides and knows many of the club's rising stars, including halfback Luke Brooks. Todd has a wealth of playing experience and now a couple of years of NYC coaching under his belt. This is the natural next step in his coaching progression and he'll be a valuable addition to our staff at NRL level. David will bring a hardened edge to the team, and certainly has a great philosophy on rugby league. His uncompromising approach to the game, combined with his own ideas, will only benefit our squad. So, happy?
2: Yeah, I am. I think the Roy Simmons thing—Roy Simmons thing—had well and truly run its course before he left last on. Yep. Um, and to get him back was was nostalgic, but not overly smart as, as far as a a performance. Based decision went. Um, Peyton, he's coached one year of under twenties and won the comp. Yeah. Um, and this year they're they're in the finals as well. He's um, he's good with the players, and he's got a good relationship with with obviously the senior playing group at the Tigers. Given that he played with some of them. Yeah. Um, specifically Robbie.
1: Under which bench? So would he, would he be team Robbie? You think? I think he was in Benji's room. Um.
2: Well, he was a. It, it, it was widely Touted that he was a halfback in a in a prop, props body, so he probably was a threat to Benji. Yeah, was
1: much like the so Brent, much in, much like the Robbie. the Brent Kite mode. In, in, especially, I remember, I'll never forget that was it the game against the the Titans, where like you yeah, had two, drubbered, drubbered two, two, two two fuck ups in the last. Oh, ten sorry, minutes. you're talking about Todd Payne, yeah? Yeah, To yeah, two yeah. play the ball cock ups. Yeah. In like in the last five minutes to take a winning game to a losing game. That's yeah. that's that's how I'll remember Todd Payton.
2: <laughs> oh, look, he was um, he was a great clubman for the Tigers, um, in the time that he was there, and um, I think he's he's got the makings of a good coach, um, yep. based on his performances so far, and um, and I think Kidwell, um, if he brings a bit of dis- defensive structure uh, from his time at the Storm, uh, without the fucking wrestle and the strangling and the you need the wrestling and, and, and the fucking breaking the arms. You guys and need that stuff, though. Sorry.
1: You guys need a bit of that.
2: We do need it. Um, whether we need it to the point where it becomes um, not quite in the spirit of rugby league, <laughs> I'm not sure. So, uh, if he puts his own flavour on it and uh, and and comes in with his own ideas and and some of that structure um, rubs off on on the Tigers playing group, then you know next season I don't think there's going to be any doubts about our attack next season. Um, yep. I think. We'll have the ability to score a lot of points, but I think over the last couple of seasons, our biggest issue is is yeah, certainly our goal line defence is It's been woeful. So. In
1: um, the years when you got into the finals, actually, you know, your defence was you know, really good. It's
2: it was, funny It's how that never happened. been. It's never then been. Which, our...
1: which year there was it? Two thousand and eleven. that was the year where, like there was a year there. It like, was two thousand ten. Yeah. Like, it was fucking like good defence, and everyone was like, you know, this, this is turned around. This is so unlike the West Tigers. The attacking flares there. Yeah, Actually, they can know. they can defend now.
2: But it was it was never a, a real cornerstone of our game. Like, yeah. we, our defence... You, you knew when the media was starting to take notice of the Tigers because they started mentioning about how well they were defending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope that long-term, that becomes a real cornerstone of their game. And not just the... You know, from the Sheen's days where it's, you know, you score 30, we'll score 32. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. um, doesn't win... It's, it's entertaining. But... Um, you know two thousand and five um to think we're gonna replicate that is is ludicrous given the state of the game today so yep. um we we needed a real uh defensive ability uh in our squad, and I think Kidwell goes some of the way to to instilling that
1: All right. Next, old Tuvi again. Manly officials are livid that North Queensland are set to escape without sanction for comments they believe are more incendiary than the ones that cost Jeff Tuvi a $10,000 fine. The sea Eagles found out their appeal against the breach notice for Tuvi's infamous post-match spray was unsuccessful late last week and the money will be deducted from their next grant payment. Club officials didn't tell Tuvi until Monday morning for fear of creating an unwanted distraction before the playoff game against the Roosters. David Perry confirmed Manly had been slugged with the penalty after the NRL knocked back a request for the fine to be suspended, adding, We're not satisfied with the decision and we will be asking whether there's any other appeals mechanism. Speaking after the game in which Cronulla scored a try and a 7th tackle, Coach Neil Henry said, let's keep it in Sydney, let's be Sydney-centric. The press keeps talking about a South Roosters grand final, bring it on. Uh, JT later claimed that his uh, state's domination of origin was prompting a push for Sydney teams to progress to the decider. 100% there's a bias towards Sydney, Thurston said. However, an NRL spokesman said the Cowboys comments appeared to be directed generally at the media and fans rather than the NRL and would not invoke a fine. While Perry remained diplomatic. I don't want to talk about other club circumstances. Manly weren't buying. Officials are privately seething over alleged double standards, and a decision could open the NRL up to itself. Uh, open the NRL itself up to accusations of bias. Ask if Thurston had trodden a fine line, too, he said, "I think it's more than that. I think I was pretty obvious what he was saying. But look, it's an emotional game. It's played by passionate men, and people love that passion. I hope we don't lose it."
2: Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, they probably need to cop the fine on the chin, and, and I get where they're coming from. I mean some of those comments can be uh, certainly interpreted as being directed towards the NRL, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably convenient that the NRL are taking a, a different tack with with the comments, given the fact that there's a fair amount of embarrassment involved in um, not having administered a, a fairly simple rule of the game but mm-hmm. uh, six tackles so
1: yeah, and I mean the fact is they they'd actually come out and admitted that they, they'd made the mistake by you know half time during half time they'd officially released a statement yeah. saying yeah that was a seventh tackle try. Yeah. So but yeah, to be saying there needs to be an investigation and stuff. Apparently that's uh <laughs> that's not though apparently that is that is far worse, ten thousand dollars worse than uh saying that the NRL won an east south grand final and that they're biased towards Sydney teams. So there you go. Recaps, okay. First, the finals game. South Sydney, Rabbitohs 20, defeated Melbourne Storm, 10. Crowd, this is out at ANZ. Crowd, 21,609. Rabbits, their points came from tries to Dylan Farrell, Jeff Lima, Isaac Luke. Reynolds, three from three conversions and a penalty goal. Defeating the Storm, our tries to Billy Slater, Will Chambers. Cameron Smith, one from two conversions.
2: Just on the crowd. How many people went to that fucking rally?
1: 100,000, but there was fans of all teams there. And I have to say, regrettably, there were some Manly fans even there. Trying to get Souths back into con- What those guys were thinking. How many South
2: fans were there, you reckon? More than fucking 21,000? Uh, well, I mean, how many
1: members do they have? More than 21,000, don't they? Don't they have over
2: 25,000? I get that there should have been a Melbourne contingent there, too. So they're not exactly you can't bake on, from yeah. blames from blame either. But, you know, fuck me dead. They haven't won anything for 40-odd years.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, well, look at, look at the Rabideaux, um crowds across the season. And what were they? What were they averaging? Was that their average? I'm
2: not sure. Yeah.
1: See, I I I, I do like to take it's that. It's fucking at, finals game. But it was a cabinet Stadium, yeah. 80, 80, 84000 seat stadium or whatever. And you know, a quarter fall is a bad look because I mean, it just looked like you know one of those games where was just yeah. this fucking nobody there.
2: It's um, you know, I know you know South have been uh, in line for a lot of criticism, um, and certainly their fans cop a lot of flack, but. um those people in the borough are passionate motherfuckers and um you know they trot out there and they're the they're the people that have trotted out through the tough fucking years too yeah and um I just think that they they're the ones that they're so they're not you know they're not at fault by any stretch but there's a lot more South jerseys propping up wherever you go Mm -hmm. even up here yep um motherfuckers need to get to the game it's a semi-final for fuck's sake against the defending premiers exactly Um, there was a little bit of controversy in this game also. Um, probably paled in comparison to the to the Sharks-Cowboys game. But This
1: is the game we'd be talking about if that 7th tackle thing hadn't yeah. happened, for sure. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, all controversy aside, it's my personal opinion that South probably deserved to win off the back of their defensive efforts. Um, I think they shut Melbourne down in a lot of areas. Um, and certainly uh, Billy Slater popped up a couple of times, but... Um, Cameron Smith looked a little bit rattled. And and I must admit, a couple of times this season... I think he's uh, declining
1: a bit. I think the Manly
2: game yep. recently, they really rattled him as well. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it, it's probably time that people announced Robbie Farrow as the best hooker in the game like I've been calling for for a number of seasons. Um, because Cam Smith clearly can't handle it. Um. Without, I think, any of their stars actually having absolute standout games. like You didn't have Greg Inglis being Greg Inglis and you didn't have Reynolds carving up um, even the forwards they were all solid but yep. I don't think that any n- one of their big names really carved up for CS but um, they really got a, a good solid contribution across the board from their players um, and I think that's probably a good sign if they can um, you know not only be competitive but really control um, a good side like Melbourne without anyone standing out Um, If they get to, you know, as the games get bigger and more intense and and, um, more pressure-filled, I think if they can maintain that level and then sprinkle a bit of English magic or, or, you know, Reynolds take control of the game, even Sutton, um, Burgess is another one, um, then they're going to be really tough to stop. So um, just on Melbourne, I I mentioned Cam Smith, but I think Melbourne as a whole just in recent times, they have been a little bit off, and they went through a similar patch last year before storming home and um, and and winning it. But um, I was just think it showed in this game as well. They were a little bit off um, compared to South, and I, I think Souths were the better side. But um, Melbourne, you know, there were those couple of decisions um, that Chambers won. Was it Chambers?
1: It was a try for Slater, wasn't it? But it I was, was saying a try Chamber, for Chambers, Slater. Chambers was, Chambers
2: was the one contesting the ball with merit. I don't know that you can categorically say that he wasn't contesting the football.
1: He absolutely was. I mean, you look at where he's looking and all those yeah. things. I mean, there's absolutely no way... I don't way. think it was
2: the most well-timed jump, and I, don't, I think he might have sort of cocked it up a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think he was contesting the football. You
1: fucking throw that footage up through the season 20 times, yeah. and dead set 18 times, that'll be given a try. 19, even 20 times. Mm. Put it on a team and get that's not South. Fucking guarantee you, twenty out of twenty times, that's a try. That was a ridiculous decision. The other thing I've got a real problem with in this game was that try. Then at that stage, the game was into balance, and it probably would have put Storm into the lead. And then the, the problem I have is with that Isaac Luke try. He comes in, gets cut down short of the line, reaches out, slams the ball. The ball goes flying. Blow the whistle, try. Didn't even look. The replay, that. they didn't look at it, and we didn't get the <laughs> opportunity to look at it either because the replay was like a wide angle. And it wasn't like the angle, like, you know, you know slow motion, mm. him coming down. They never fucking showed that angle, not once. Mm. So that we don't even get the opportunity to arc up because, like, you know, the ball flew out, he dropped it over the line, he was short and bounced up. I think it's fucking ludicrous that you don't at least look at it.
2: I agree. You know, I think, you know, we've spoken about errors over the course of the season where, where referees have been quick to, you know, and you want the referees to make decisive um, to take decisive action, but only if it's you know, 100% foolproof. But uh, if there's any conjecture, and there wasn't that one, then they really need to look at it. Um, and give the the media and the and the fans the opportunity to look at it as well. Yep.
1: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So um,
2: having said all that, I think South were a better team on the night. Um, I think Melbourne were uh, were a couple of paces off. Um, and and they were fairly well controlled.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't terribly impressed with either side in this game, to be honest, I think they both were far off their best, but, um, you know, it's all newsprint now, isn't it? Exactly. South's got the win, storm got to go down, I mean, and, uh, you know, play, uh, ultimately, the Knights. Uh, Twitter, Cruzy06, I've gone heavier on the Twitter this week, because, you know, there's fewer games. Cruzy06, shit crowd this week, mustn't have lined up with dial Week. explain. thanks Channel 9 for another year of NRL finals not broadcast in HD, you ain't the home of shit. <laughs> uh, ben Dunn, 43. Is this some Clive Palmer shit? Can only South's members go to the game or something? Where's the crowd? Uh, JR underscore Buff. That isn't rain. That is the tears of Hash Ref's fault. Uh, Dashing Dan won. I hate South more than I hate Ricky Stewart. Jesus. Important to note that Dashing Dan is a uh, Parramatta fan. Uh, ben Dunn again said, uh, Sing it with me. Glory, glory to match fixing. <laughs> hash dodgy calls. <laughs> Uh, Shunter eighty six. The referee's tip sheet before the game must have just said rugby league must do well. <laughs> <laughs> hash glory glory hash. Purple cheated. Uh, Benny two seven with the real talk, and he's actually put hash real talk on it too. I just noticed. I'm sorry, but do people not have? But the people have short memories? Melbourne cheated the cap for premierships so They get what they deserve. And I do. I do see that point as well. Eddie twenty one thousand is piss poor effort for a finals match. Uh, Need a beater. Oh my god! All this south parading bullshit is driving me up the wall already. Stop this madness. Luke Shark 74 Is it me Or is there some serious Sexual tension between Big Rusty and Mama Burgess And then he's gone on To say again Rusty wants to breed A super race of Maximus Decimus Burgi He would read them Bedtime stories From the book of feuds (laughs) Uh, Chapo the creator In no way am I a storm van But fuck me They got screwed royally Tonight Hash fucking disgrace Hash scum in the league Hash fuck souths And CA photo 10 Brett Sator Confirmed again tonight That refereeing isn't for him
2: <laughs> it's not his guy.
1: And uh finally Freak O nine. Ever seen proof of life? Anyway, Rusty will be returning Shane Haynes kids tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good quality tweeting there. Okay, and the first game we had on the doubleheader on Saturday, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks twenty defeated the North Queensland Cowboys eighteen, thirty two thousand. Obviously, this is an aggregate crowd, uh, thirty two thousand seven forty seven. And uh, the Sharks, their points came through tries to Bo Ryan, Ben Pomeroy, Sam Tagatizi, Sosia Fecky, Todd Carney, one conversion, Michael Gordon, horrible one from three. And the Cowboys eighteen tries to Brent Tate, Wayne Alugia, Jason Tamalolo, and Thurston two from three conversions and a penalty goal.
2: I think above all else the amount of talk that's that's centered around this game, I think we can all agree that robert Louis karma is a is a real and tan- tangible phenomenon phenomenon um if you hark back to uh two thousand two thousand and ten even before his atrocities yep um West Tigers knocked out of it by jamie sound hmm uh two thousand eleven after the first of his atrocities <laughs> West Tigers go down. Chris Neenu a try after Lottie Taqiri and Tim Moulton dropped the ball. Um, last season, Hand to Foz. Common denominator. The team that Robert Louis is signed to or playing for, actively, goes down. Again here. North Queensland Cowboys. Done. 7th tackle try. Who's in the number 7? Robert Louis. Robert Louis karma is something you can't <laughs> argue with. And... Can I just say that I have absolutely no fucking sympathy whatsoever for the North Queensland Cowboys? if you want to put all your eggs in one basket um, and signed uh and show that you have absolutely no moral compass by signing a two- time wife beater um and atrocity uh perpetrator perpetrator that's the word I'm looking for. thank you um and and you you put winning above everything then you deserve to lose. And you deserve to lose in the most heartbreaking fashion possible, such as this game here. You it almost worked a out try. perfectly. Um, so, fuck you and fuck your whining. You sign Robert Louis, you can take what's coming to you, and you can fucking be happy about taking your medicine, as far as I'm concerned. Um, all except Jono. I think Jono, at Mad Cow's Disease.
1: Yep. Oh, we've got a couple, the... of, like, our option out there. They're, they're all okay. I mean, no, that generally... guy's a cock. Don't ever, generally, don't ever. Generally, genuine, generally, our listeners. Can, can you say generally more? Generally, <laughs> our listeners, the, the Cowboys fans, uh okay. They're not the ones I've seen carrying on like fucking pork chops.
2: Still, well, not... I haven't seen our pops carrying on about it. I still no. think he's a cock, though. John A actively yep. despises Robert Louis. Yep. Um, As anyone, that, with, you know, him.
1: even a quarter of, you know, mill- millimeter of brain matter. Sure. Yep.
2: Um, I think Michael Gordon for Cronulla, if we can just talk about the game without the controversy, I think he um, produced one of his best games of the season, um, if not goal-kicking, but certainly in general play for for the Sharkies. Um, he's had his troubles with injury, as he had over the course of his career, but and certainly this season, he's first for the Sharks. But um, he was heavily involved in all the good things Cronulla did in this game and um, set up a try as well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He's going to be critically, uh, critically important in uh, in the Sharks trying to go further in the finals. Um, as will Todd Carney. I think he'll be better for the run. He was probably a little bit underdone in this game um, and went missing for last large patches. But
1: I hate to break it to you, but he's not named this week. Isn't he? No. <laughs> Apparently, he's very little chance of playing.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to show I generally bring the teams up before we start speaking about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! That, that doesn't is... mean
1: he won't play because I mean you know the you know, the late inclusion thing. It happens a lot. It happens all the time.
2: The point I wanted to make is that getting over the Cowboys is one thing, and 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 you can factor in the controversy all you want, but um, if he isn't at his best, then the Sharks know have been anyone left in the finals race. Yeah. So. Um, and and if he's not named this week then they're fucking screwed. So um, again, no sympathy for the Cowboys. Um, they put winning above all else and that's not in the spirit of life and it's not in the spirit of rugby league, so um, karma. Karma's a thing. It is.
1: Rugby league karma and is a real Louis and powerful karma. force. Robert Louis Karma
2: is a oh, powerful motherfucker. Powerful force, powerful. Powerful. It's like, you know, that karma just soccer kicked the North Queensland Cowboys. They were they were pregnant. They were pregnant with Premiership Destiny. Is what yep, they were. They were. They and were. And Robert Louis Carma kicked the fuck out of it.
1: He uh, drank it. Drank a carton of breezes first. Did it what? Then came in. Slammed f- the head in the door. Started and slamming of the sliding door and then fucking throwing soccer kicks in. Exactly. And that's what happened. Two point loss. Okay, the Ben Zed. Rob Louis should borrow some peptides and become a super strong woman basher. And then he's going hash. More beating than watching. More beating than Glenn watching Polynesian jelly wrestling. That's a fucking long-ass hashtag right there. DJ uh, DJXplain...
2: People got me all wrong, Nathan.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DJ explains isn't Channel 9 using the Super Saturday slogan kind of like if Cole started using the fresh food people? And I agree, too, and that really pissed me off, actually, them going, like, you know, oh, it's like, you know, a real Super Saturday or, you know, saying shit like little little sly fucking yeah. remarks through their coverage. Like, You've got to
2: be better than that. I You're mean, the homo you own the game.
1: Their commentators are getting shittier each year. Their fucking coverage is shit. Get in HD, cunts, and then they're fucking gonna slag off. You know the the provider that actually does it fucking right. Yeah. And doesn't smash ads through everything. Fuck off, Channel Nine. Sweet and B, North Queensland Cowboys finding excuses for finals capitulations since 2012. <laughs> uh, Mickey T, 1985. Someone needs to take Louis' girlfriend away for a week's vacation immediately. Yes. Well, and yeah, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, so, I mean, you know... Haven't heard anything yet. Haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> You'd think it'd come out quickly now, given, you know, the microscopes on him.
2: Atrocity Tuesday. Yeah.
1: Big Dan, 1985. Someone at the SFS must be on the drink. Shambolic end to the game, but what a game. And um, there was that clock thing was was shambolic as well. We've already spoken about that. Eddie uh, NZ. What a fucking shambles. This is what happens when Souths are doing well, in quotes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and Kane Linnert's effort. Yeah. He's actually been quite a good finisher. Yeah. He's no Ash Graham, but... Yeah. Um, if he if he does the thing where they, they Superman it... Yeah. probably he dives probably, through the air and... Plant
1: it and then catapult over or whatever, yeah. He's probably scored that trial. the scores as a
2: hero. The Cowboys win and, and we don't get to talk about... Um, the Cowboys has been pregnant with premiership destiny which quite frankly i think is some of the best work
1: yeah but he did the decision the decision for him not to superman it was you know it was made by the, the powerful forces of robert louis Karma, and he just exactly. you know power was to resist um but yeah if I, well this is the thing it wasn't his fault either I mean it was great defence to realise this cunt's going over yeah. I'm taking the fucking leg and throwing it as far and as fast as I can and you know it was good in the end I mean in the end I mean like the commentators were jizzing all over themselves oh my god they fucking won it at the end amazing then you look at the replay and go well actually his leg was pretty fucking and then they went oh no Robert Louis can't. Yeah. apart for everything everything below his knee was over the touchline yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we Um B15542 once again Chechen shows why he shouldn't referee hash shit cunt hash real talk agree Cruzy 6 it's obvious that Linnett is not Minto he would have finished that off like a fat kid on a smarty F- future immortal Scott Minto <laughs> unheralded <laughs> and immortal Scott Minto EddieNZ I'd feel bad for the Cowboys but this is karma for keeping Louis on the team Thank take you. note Broncos Caleb Shanks woo up up Cronulla boys showed lots of heart and courage that's what win games hash refs fault
2: might be what wins games next season because you won't be winning anymore this year
1: <laughs> Shanta 86 the football guys have spoken wife beating is a worse crime than taking peptides hash bad karma sweet 9 breaking North Queensland Cowboys the first team in history to lose due to a refereeing error there has to be an investigation <laughs> at evil conspiracy it's been two games into the finals and after all this shit I actually feel like supporting Manly I hate Manly fuck you NRL <laughs> Uh, Queenslander22 can someone teach these pink fools how to count refereeing is an embarrassment hope it doesn't decide the comp as we all do Troy underscore 79 Robert Louis is a better human being than Paul Gallon hash real talk
2: that's fucking ludicrous oh,
1: I agree mad cow's disease last year was a dodgy call this year just blatant incompetence sharks are better side but fucking hell refs just shit me to tears gracious gracious as, as gracious as you'd expect and could get really yeah. uh, Anthony Hornby 80 wondering if there was 1300 smiles in North Queensland last night hash <laughs> real talk you know, just twist that fucking knife and pour, pour some salt into it <laughs> alright uh, the next game a double header Sydney Roosters 4 defeated Manly nil. fucking strange <laughs> What a strange scoreline for a rugby league game. Um, the, the crowd, obviously the combined double header crowd, thirty two seven four seven. Uh, Roosters try to uh, Roger Tuwase check. Uh, Maloney's uh, kick came off the upright, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, manly, sweet fuck all.
2: If this game was a grand final, we'd, we'd be talking about it for years to come.
1: It'd be one of yeah, it be like one of those epic, great fucking things. I mean, because
2: fucking played with such an intensity. Yes, there were a lot of errors, but I think that. Spoke more to the intensity and the level of desperation for the players. Yep. Um, they were both right up for the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both right up for it physically as well. Yep. Um, the Roosters didn't give an inch, and Manly yep. really took it to them. Yep. Um, and and I think some of Manly's attack that they threw at the Roosters, um, would have scored against any other team, and the Roosters managed to hold them out. They they defended very very well, and there was a number of times Kieran Foran, um made a beautiful run and, and was hovering over the line. It just... They, they dragged yeah. him back and, um, you know, Wolfman... Uh, Jamie Lyon put Wolfman away beautifully down the wing and, and he just couldn't get the pass right to DCE. He was backing up in yeah, support. Yeah, there was definitely a rift there. Yeah, DCE didn't even
1: try and catch that. There was, there was a rift. Yeah, there was... <laughs> that's oh, oh, <laughs> rift. Jesus. Must be a rift between Wolfman and DCE. <laughs> oh. um,
2: but they, they definitely had their chances. Manly couldn't... Unfortunately, couldn't capitalise. And the Roosters... um. You know, bombed their share. They scored um, in, the, in the early stages of the game. And One
1: very fortunate try, and that was, that was the yeah, entire game. Exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. Oh, it was a beautiful put-down at speed by yep. Tuvasa Shek. But um, I think these two sides showed, even more so than their top four counterparts in South and Melbourne, what it's going to take to win the comp this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a real wake-up call for, for South in particular. Um, I think Melbourne at their best are capable of that level of intensity mm-hmm. um, but see us, um, do they, do they have the toughness have they been tested on that level in the big game yep. um, and shown that they can come out on top if if they're required to beat either of these teams um, to win the competition Yep. can they play at that level and can they do it for 80 minutes can they sustain the physical fucking battering that both yep. those teams put on each other yep. fuck it was a good game of footy I have really enjoyed it um, and it's much like the the Roosters. Um, I, I know the Roosters South game last week wasn't um, it wasn't as good a game as this one. Yeah. But just the level of intensity, it really. Yeah. I, Feels I, like I think they, they were the two standout games for me as far as the final series goes yep. so far. Yep, Yep. Um. That, that Roosters and and certainly the crowd helped that game last weekend as well. And um, but so far this this game has been the pick of the final series.
1: Um. I think the real talk in this game is, if Brett Stewart played even on one leg, I think the scoreline would have been something in the vicinity of eighteen four to Manly, and you'd be talking about it the way we spoke about the Melbourne Storm game a couple of weeks ago.
2: You could be right, but that's that's.
1: I mean, Hiku played a great Hiku, game. Hiku,
2: Hiku was fucking borderline he, man of the match. He was. He? he
1: was man of the match. He he he, was... he, he ran for uh, two hundred ninety-seven meters, I think, which is the most in history. Wow. <laughs> of the NRL, I don't know if it's like manly history. I don't know if they, when they say NRL, I don't know if they mean like you know the last fifteen years or they mean you know yeah. history. Um, but uh, pretty sure
2: Trevor Cogger did, uh, I think two ninety in his career, uh, two ninety eight in one game and two ninety nine in another. I think I mean, I, from memory, from memory.
1: No, I, I mean I don't mean for NRL. I mean for just for, for manly club, um, but in the history of the NRL, whether it means like you know you yeah know, all, all time whatever. Um, but the thing is. He was very safe. He was safe under the high ball and stuff. He was a great defender, great bringing the ball back, but he doesn't have the understanding and he doesn't have the fear factor associated with him. Yeah. If Brett Stewart's looming up, arcing around the back of the play, it automatically puts defenders in, in two minds. Is he going to get the ball? Is he a decoy? Are they going to cut them all out and go straight to you know Jamie Lyon? And that thing alone is what scores tries. The other thing I thought that... I mean, Roosters defend really well, but... I think Manly could have been smarter about the way that they actually played them and they would have opened up. The way that the Titans... I'm loath to give credit to the Titans, but the Titans actually played the Roosters in a correct way. And people would... I remember during the coverage of the game, people were deriding them, but they turned out to do the exact right thing. What you have to do the Roosters. The Roosters' defense is, is very good, make no mistake about it, but what they will do is when they are fucking caught out, they'll just, they'll just commit a professional foul and draw a penalty every time and then I go okay we'll reset and we'll defend for another set of six and if they're going to score just fucking foul them concede a penalty we'll reset and everything and their momentum whatever is lost the thing is one referees when they keep doing that they probably should send someone to the bin eventually to punish them And in this game especially but two I think Manly should have just started potting penalty goals mm-hmm. they would have got probably ten points but it wouldn't have come to that by the time they got tied it up at four points maybe with two penalty goals the roosters would have slowed down on doing it, and then the gaps appear, and then the tries start coming, and you know, and so on and so on. So I think that's something that you know teams really need to um do when they're playing roosters because the roosters fans will go, oh, it's a conspiracy. We can see so many penalties. You you fucking do it on purpose. It's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a fucking strategy to <laughs> to you know to, to you know stifle stifle attacks and it, and it works for them. And I think if people start potting penalty goals. You know, get pot three of them, put them behind six four, make them start playing footy again, and they won't want to If you show your if you show your inclination that you know your intent is, you get a penalty ten meters out, and you're just going to take the easy two points. Those penalties will dry out really fucking sure. quickly. Really quickly, but um, I think uh, Manly were pro- probably the better team over the course of the game. I mean, yeah, as far as possession and, and things like that, and they they certainly brought it out their own end. I mean, they'd make a tremendous amount of yardage on sets and everything. They take it, you know, from a kick down on their ten, and they take it to the point where they'd have a crack at the line, you know, on the last tackle a lot of the times. Um, I don't think there's a You know, the only the only negative thing that they could possibly take out of that game is if there's any bumps and bruises and injuries or stuff like yeah. that. Otherwise, I think the performance was great. Um. You know Hiku only playing a couple of games, and you know not being a regular member of the team and having a combination and things like that. I think you know that sort of stuff will come. I don't think it needs to come this week against the Sharks, but um because they don't defend like the Roosters, they don't have the defence of the Roosters. But um you know it, they will need it. You know should they go through, they will need it the week after because I don't think they can win without Brett Stewart in the side. But if he's in the side, I mean based on that performance, I don't think there's anyone to be able to stop him. Uh, Twitter. Sweet 9 champion players, step up when they're most needed. Enter the Hiku. Hash, Hiku, Haiku. And there's a fucking ton of them too. Fluffyfish, underscore, Fluffyfish, underscore. It is springtime now. Peter Hiku will shine bright. Yes, we are winners. Hash, Hiku, Haiku. Uh, Erebus Chaos. I'm so sick of cunts milking penalties from the video ref. The game's turning into soccer. Hash, Matai is a sock, a sock cock. I think he means soft, but... <laughs> <laughs> Matt I was legit fucking injured in that tackle, as you can see for, for pretty much the entire rest of the game. I mean, that dude's the hardest fucking guy i ever lived. Uh, ben Dunn, 43. Uncle Fuss died fighting a good fight. And that's true. And our special agent, Fayoso, he'll be a good test of the concussion. Look, that's the other thing. Manly played with 16 players for almost the whole game. Fuss was knocked out from, like, very fucking early on in the piece.
2: Only because he's got poor tackling technique. He's not taking people's heads off. He's got no idea what he's fucking doing.
1: I actually got fucking knocked out similar to that when I was playing in high school too. <laughs> Except I was more of a fucking cannonball. I was flying in. I was seeing the video of it. I I literally launched off and camera.
2: You, and you were playing Netball at the time.
1: And uh and I, I damn near killed the kid, but I knocked myself out too, and that was fucking terrible. Concussion sucks. Just remember fucking spewing. Erebus Chaos again like, is it just me or did George Rose get fatter as the game went on? <laughs> That's chunky. Uh, you said something about the zinger pie ads all the
2: time. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they showed George Rose on yeah. the camera and he was looking like he was just to be able to drown in a pool of his own saliva and I was like, What the fuck is going on? Is he having some sort of turn or
1: waiting what? decision Zing a pie? And then all of a
2: sudden it flips up to the big screen and is like a zinger pie. I'm like, oh, Of course There's a pie that's is probably proportionate to George Rose's guts and I'll tell up you, on the screen. And
1: I'll tell you like um you'll see people on Twitter going, Oh fucking zinger pie is amazing. thank oh, you word of word word from the wise.
2: Don't do it. I'm not going to eat KFC mate, I don't eat KFC fucking weird oh, it's, it's, I'm not saying I was having, the, the actual chicken Yeah. it's like oh, you're giving me a heart attack I go into cardiac arrest I'm not saying it doesn't taste fantastic but I just it's a slippery slope mate See, start eating KFC well, this, and then all of a sudden I'm 800 kilo
1: yeah well this is the thing <laughs> I just started started back at uh, finally started back at Jiu Jitsu and everything so we was like okay that's it got to hit the clean eating again so what are you going to have on Saturday night it's pretty much the last of the I'm like fuck I feel like KFC so she said what do you feel like I said, oh, you know like bits of you know bits of chicken so she's like oh, okay so wife's gone to the KFC and she's come back with like a three piece feed I was like great and a zinger pie she's like you know you want to try it and I was like oh, I don't know if I do <laughs> but I'll fucking try it and see and um it was it was okay six six out of ten yeah. I've seen people going best thing since sliced bread ten out of ten it's like you know eight out of ten that sort of thing no would I have one again no even for like a cheap meal, no, it was okay. I mean, I fucking polished it off. I'm not going to lie to you. I ate the whole thing.
2: But that does not surprise me. As in well the as three piece feed, yeah, it does not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs>
1: and and but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's not like for a pie. It's it's you know it's 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 okay. It's for a pie. It's fine. Like it's it's very pie ish. Like it's like you don't go oh you know it's oh, the, you know the it's is It's KFC. Well, it's actually you know they've they've obviously you they subbed them out to you know. They, do a reasonable job on the pastry and stuff, but yeah.
2: Know, it's six
1: out of ten. This week in pies. This this week in KFC um, I'm
2: not even remotely qualified. Um uh, <laughs> no. you need to get George Rose in. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and an extra seat.
1: Uh I just thought I'd comment on the, <laughs> on, the zinger, on the zinger pie because there's people listening to the show that really fucking rate it and i was just gotta say you can't your fucking taste buds are broken, stop smoking and your taste buds are come back to one life. Of them. Uh no, I don't probably. think so. I think old Chapo was though. Oh, uh, where are we? Big Dan, 1985. Tighter than a nun's nasty. At least the refs didn't bugger this one up. It's hmm. Tighter than a nun's nasty. That's a, Is that a Rodney Rude thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's old. It, reminds me of someone saying... Oh, He's not that saying. old, but he... He busts out the old ones, though. He
2: eh? does. He trots out the the classics.
1: Unky D, a.k.a. Guantanamo Hogan. Both teams defended brilliantly. Manly really missing snake in attack. Need anti-aging pills. God knows what we do when he goes. Well, you know... I heard a rumor going around this week that there's a possible early retirement head for Brett Stewart, with the funds used to reacquire Hopper Jr.
2: Is that right? Now, well, I, I haven't tested. That test- sounds like I call bullshit. On that's
1: it. I I call bullshit on it too because I've had I've I've spoke to my people about the Hopper Jr. thing because you know they've you know once Tyrant Smith arked up and you know said you know maybe he's not 100 you know going there or whatever, and I actually saw... So I I got in touch with some people, and they said that. Uh, 100% not to have be
2: fair, to be fair yeah. the term people is yeah. used fairly loosely
1: human beings sorry human beings barely jeez that's not, that's, that's not very nice
2: anyway continue with your story
1: yeah 100% not even Hopper Jr. a 100% not even been considered to come back to Manly the top 25 set and there's just absolutely no room for him so something would have to happen you know to uh...
2: like Brett Stewart retiring exactly right. exactly
1: yeah, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you the conversation I had about t- uh, Cherry the other day. Which one? Is that The old man. Nah. Finally, finally got confirmation that Rift is all bullshit. The wife, the the wife is manly girl. Parents is manly girls. manly mainly family. Born and bred. They got an apartment. They just bought another apartment, a second one. They're starting to buy up real estate down there. So fucking happy down there. And uh the the rift itself is that that's all bullshit anyway. Um, but and, and the father also What rift, was the rumour that the rift between the rift between Brett Stewart and Glenn Stewart versus Cherry Evans. Right. And, that, and for that reason he was gonna ask for a release so he could come to the Broncos. Yeah. That's the fanciful rumour that fucking teams that shit teams that missed the eight try and make for themselves to make themselves feel optimistic about the future. But well, uh the
2: Tigers never come up with that because we've got a bright future ahead of us. Suffice
1: to say. And it's we, Why bullshit. would we
2: trade down From Luke Brooks To, to DCE? We wouldn't do
1: it <laughs> Luke Brooks He's sensational
2: Isn't he what 100% success rate In the NRL Just saying
1: I going to say he's, he's probably His knees are going to Fucking blow or something In his first game They always oh, do come on now Hot sauce I'm not saying I want it come to happen I'm just saying Tigers have like Fucking fated Youngsters <laughs> Remember when Molson Was the shit Boom Sniper Tedesco He's the shit Boom Sniper it fucking happens too many times (laughs)
2: this guy's awesome
1: (laughs) (laughs) boom shoulder sniper (laughs) sniper missed his head got him in the shoulder (laughs) still puts him out of action (laughs) particularly
2: inaccurate sniper (laughs) Uh,
1: dragons underscore red V stellar game have to think Manly would have crossed the stripe with Brett there Roosters bandwagons are fucking irritating Uh, Berkeley underscore eagle look at it this way we get to knock the Sharks out next week the Rabbits the week after and then beat the Chooks in the grand final uh, Shunter86 Rugby League was the winner of the night hash top shelf and uh, then he also came out with a top game of footy Hiku still a class above in a losing team hash Hiku Haiku hash suck my balls Glenn <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sammy Boy 1986 Oh <laughs> yeah Sammy Boy 1986 I'm a pom and I'm shaking after that game intense is, my, is one word uh, two quality teams going for it best 4-0 I've ever seen hash love Rugby League sensational Jesus love it I love fucking love the passion
2: true I'm uh, shaking because someone told me to have a bath
1: uh, B15542 the chooks, beer in the fridge the Chooks and Eagle play in a Vuvuzella fest hash Bondi Gronks <laughs> I had to put it in because I thought fuck me here's this guy's coming with his opinion that's the exact opposite of everybody else uh, are
2: you tweaking
1: DJ X-Plane Jim Jim 86 aka a, 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 a. Maloney Must have had an invisibility cloak on with the amount of obstruction he got away with. Hash, refs in decline. Uh, CK Jonesy. Well, at least Manly can crush the Shire's dreams now. Hash, the way it's written in in history. Hash, sharks always lose to Manly in finals. And uh, finish up with Sweet and Young, Peta As exciting to watch as... A seventh tackle try. Hash, Hiku Haiku. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just for the record, Glenn's actually laughing genuinely at that one, so maybe that's the one that's won his heart into. <laughs> Not really. I
2: like his resilience. That's a record for
1: us. That must have been five hiku haikus in yeah. one week. So so if uh, Hiku plays this week, and look, Brett Stewart's been named, but I'm telling you for a fact, it's going to be Hiku. Let's get those haikus going. Uh, moving on to... The Newcastle Knights, 22, defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 6, uh, just over 23,000 down there at ANZ. And uh, the points, tries to a Fluffy, Uate Pate and Jeremy Smith. Tyrone Roberts, 2 from 3 conversions and a hat-trick of penalty goals. Um, and Doggies, tries to Sam Perrot and 1 from 1 conversions. Trent Hodkinson.
2: I think Bulldogs fans collectively gave a sigh of relief that their season was over. Yeah, because um, I, I know that fans fans
1: love it when their team loses. In my experience, <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say. I think I think yeah, no, I, know, there, I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. There you're
2: was like, a, there was a a definite shift from, yeah. from from Bulldogs fans that were just like, okay, season's over, Barber can fuck off and fucking move, uh, yeah. moving on straight away. But you the know.
1: shift actually took place a week earlier um, against the Broncos when they played Barber again. Then yeah. then there was a massive shift of like. They're probably gonna play him again? Fuck this, I'm done. Yeah. That's when they mentally I'm not saying checked they're
2: happy, out. Of I'm, you know, I'm not saying they were happy their season was over, but I just think that there's been a lot of bullshit surrounding the club yep. this season. Um, you know, and even as recently as um the rumours of the of the cover up, etc., um with the whole barber thing blowing up again not not two weeks ago. So um well, I thought they were a big chance in this game, the Bulldogs. Um I don't I don't know that I rate the Knights that highly but they were actually fairly impressive.
1: Yeah, I think you I think you tipped the doggies, didn't you last week? I
2: think I did. I can't remember. I think
1: I went for the Knights, but it's hard to know with Canterbury whether I'm just doing it out of spite or not.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are every week. <laughs> um, has any player done their reputation more harm in one game than Michael Ennis did in this one?
1: Fuck, there was a lot of <laughs> basically on the the temperature on Twitter. There was a lot of uh yeah. There was a lot of it. I think some of the tweets we got here too are uh, yeah.
2: Because, like, there's some absolute fuckwit Dogs fans that would be out there saying that Michael Ennis is a better player than Robbie Farrer, and that yeah. Robbie Farah can't perform in big games, and, um, and that Robbie is not an origin player, and Michael Ennis is, and... Well, as Meatloaf man, said,
1: two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think they're actually right on the last couple of points yeah, you fuck, made. <laughs>
2: um, let me just say that the fucking dive, he gave up a stupid penalty that you wouldn't fucking expect your seven-year-old to give up. Yeah. Um... Fucking complained and bitched and moaned the whole fucking game. Missed a tackle, uh, you know, a regulation tackle on his own line yep. to allow a try. I mean, fucking give me a break. If anyone is is under any illusions that Michael Ennis, A, will ever play Origin again, or B, is even in the remote fucking stratosphere as Robbie Farrow, they are fucking high on crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That guy's a fucking bigger myth than the abominable snowman. Um, the Knights I, I don't know, I I don't know that I rate them. They seem to have all the tools and they seem to have the right coach, but I'd still think they're gonna need a hell of a lot of luck to go their way to, to really go much further in the finals. Yep. Yep. Um That you know, they've got they've got good wingers, um, Gagoy's a good a good center, you've got Boyd at the back, um some tough, hard nosed forwards. Um, solid Haas with good kicking game. It's it's they really should be an awesome team, and and they're, they're and still effective there kicking, team, out, yeah. You know, and and then you put Bennett on top of that. I just I'm never really convinced that they're going to be the better team on the day.
1: And yeah, and not, no matter who they play, and <laughs> I know, I, 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 you know, I was I was hoping that they would be in this game, and they turned out to be. But um, once again, I don't expect anything out of them next week either. Mm. We'll get to that. Um, the other thing is there was a sim bidding too in this game with uh, I think it was Houston uh, early early in the second half game was still uh, fairly in the balance I think it was 12-6 at the time
2: and Bennett came out and said it was a pretty harsh call and I have to agree yeah I agree too Um, Houston was, was running back onside yep and wasn't really seeking to get involved in no. the play. I don't know that Ennis even really tried to get him involved in the play. Ennis just shot out a dummy half and just and happened, happened to, it, it, yeah. to sort of collide with him. I think it was one of those things.
1: And I think a penalty is fair because I mean sure. yeah, even if was mean, it you was know, accidental.
2: Yeah yeah it is a penalty. He's there, he's offside. But it's not enough. like he just
1: fucking smashed him in a tackle no. you know, offside or but anything. But like. a sin
2: bin is, that was a harsh goal. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's just uh credit to the knights that it didn't actually affect the game at sure. all. Um all right. Freak O nine What's the NRL player version of a roadworthy certificate? Did Barber pass his before the Bronx signed him? Uh, lethal left edge.
2: That would call a medical, my friend. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Karma. Two teams with wife bashes, first out. Matt McLeod. Gay guy, Steps Williams. Yeah, like, that's hard to do. GT351 underscore Johns. Better team won today. They wanted it more and Bulldogs were outplayed. Still poor to see fans leave so early. Still a Bulldog. Unky D. I once saw a dead cockroach move faster and with more purpose than T-Rex did today. So glad he left Manly. Hash, waste of DNA. Jeremy underscore Jack, zero one. Bennett is a genius, purposely giving Gidley too much training so he's constantly injured, resulting in wins for the (laughs) Newcastle Knights. Uh, John Boss, 88. Glad to see the back of a painful season and Barber, who will replace him? Virgo, Hopper or Hayne? Jesus. Rev, Sunny 101. Do
2: you reckon Hayne's a chance?
1: They say, like, it's 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 getting legs. Apparently, he's fed up with the, you know, just the attitude, you know, and just, like, the lack of success, but also, you know, the fact that they don't seem to be, you know, there's no steps being made, really, to rectify it. It's been, like, a downward spiral, and it just keeps getting worse, or, you know, certainly not improving. Uh, Rev sunny 101, dogs out of finals. At least I can enjoy watching that woman beating Cunt Barber drag his fucked ankle to Brisbane. And, uh, finally, Chapo, the creator. Congrats to the Knights for the win yesterday, but fuck me, Ennis is the dumbest cunt ever to play rugby league. <laughs> Hash the shooters cunt not He's a, been a lot of real talk about the Dogs coming from Chapo, considering he's a Dogs fan. Yeah, you don't. You, you, if you didn't know that he was, was a Dogs fan, you'd assume he actually wasn't. You'd assume he'd be like, oh, probably he's a probably fan or something like that. Previews just the two games. The first semi-final, uh, the uh, mighty the mighty Manly Seagulls taking on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Allianz and Moore Park. And this one is Friday night football. The referees, unfortunately for Manly, Shane Hain and Ashley Klein. Just when you thought all, the, I was just gonna say, I was just going to say then I was just going to say just just when you. I was to say just when all the just when you thought all the refs who sucked dick were kicked out of, out of refereeing, and like I didn't actually even mean that as like as, wow. as like a as a Chechen thing. I just meant referees are the fucking shit. So, just when you thought all the shit referees were out of the running for the, the rest of the season, Shane Hayne and Ashley Klein still maintain. So we'll see how we go. We got Sutton. Sutton as a video referee too. Fucking Luke Phillips. Eesh. I'm starting to fucking talk myself out of this game already. Okay, the Manly side, they've named a 1,000 players. Brett Stewart in the side. The lineup is pretty much, um, you know, as, as full strength as you can, discounting um, season-ending injuries to guys like uh, Nud and um, Jason King. The bench, special agent Fayoso takes his place there, so they'll be testing the uh, concussion rule, I see. Jamie Bure there, uh, after getting through the game, Pretty uh, a pretty intense game and a pretty heavy contact game with, uh, you know, rib damage, so... He did okay. Did okay. Uh, Tommy Simon's there. George Rose is there. Then we've got 19. Peter 20. James Hassan. So I would imagine Hassan is in well, there. How
2: many hiku haikus about him fucking not getting a start in sight?
1: Yeah. Well, put it this way. I'd let the hiku haikus flood in because I reckon for a fact he's playing over Brett Stewart. I haven't heard anything directly to say that that it's actually a fact that Brett Stewart won't be there, but I have heard reports of uh, from people in the know about. Just the general mood of the place, or just the fact that people who would be involved in the selections and the fitness of this player have been pretty coy about, you know, when directly asked about it. So I would be very surprised if Brett Stewart plays this game. If he does, mainly by how many? 13 plus. If he doesn't, could be more of a battle. Um, The Sharkey side, they've named a bit of an extended bench. They've got an extra player there. Ben Ross is on the extended bench.
2: Luke Lewis at 5'8", as you suggested earlier. No Todd Carney. No Todd Carney. No chance. Yep. As far as would, I'm
1: concerned. Yeah, I mean, look, they've had some good wins with, um, without Todd Carney
2: this you, year. You, you, the Sharks are going to have to score points to beat Manly. Yep. And I just can't see him scoring enough points without Todd Carney in the side.
1: I think a combination, uh, you know, guys like uh, you know, Ben Pomeroy and Jonathan Wright, how are they, what have they got for Jamie Lyon and Steve Matoy? Not very fucking much, I, no. dare, I dare say. <laughs> Bo Ryan. I mean, you know, pick a winger. He's going to get drilled by either of them. <laughs> you know, fuck.
2: I, um... I've got great fears for the Sharkies in this game.
1: I'm not going to come and talk, talk it up like it's going to be a massive flogging. It's a finals football. I mean, those games are generally tighter, at least for the first, you know, sort of 60 minutes or so. Unless the game gets to the stage where it's out of reach, they might open up a little
2: bit. But I have a feeling that, um, you know, it'll probably be tighter than we think.
1: For the Sharks to
2: win, Paul Gallon has to have a game like State of Origin 2 last year, was it?
1: Yeah, but I mean, even he ran he, for I mean,
2: six million kilometres and fucking made four hundred and fifty-eight tackles. Yeah, but you know, he's
1: he's not going to be tackling out in the centres. He's not going to be tackling on the wing. Um, he's not going to be creating tries. You know, he's just going to be doing a lot of fucking hard work and getting and you know keeping him in the contest. You know, on his back. But I don't think he can be. You know, he can like, he can't win the match for them single handedly, especially sure. without Todd Carney there. So um, I think yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fairly fairly confident Manly going to win this game. But um, you know, fuck, strange things have happened. I guess. But I wish Brett Stewart was playing. Even Brett Stewart on one league is better, you know. As far as you know, for the attack of the side. Sure. Um. Okay. What do we got? Second one, Saturday night, seven forty-five p.m. The Melbourne Storm taking on Newcastle Knights down in Melbourne. Uh, the side, it's set. Billy Slater, of course, is obviously there. The one change that I'm seeing. I when did I actually see this happen? No, maybe I didn't. No, they got Whitt and Cronk there, so no. I thought I saw something um today from the Storms' Twitter account saying something about Finch. Berner.
2: He's been named in 18 on an extended bench. So okay, I don't have an 18 the on this list in front Whittip, of me cause it, depending on how he pulled up in the game.
1: You know, I thought Whitt was actually a liability for them, and one of the reasons why they weren't as good.
2: Yeah, I, I was surprised they brought him back so quickly.
1: Um, I just don't. I don't think he contributed
2: anything. A little anything. bit of um. Bellamy be being concerned about this about South in that game, yeah. and wanting you know a bit of familiarity there, even if he was underdone. I think it might have backfired a little bit. Whether he's better for the run this week, um, you know, time will tell. Um, just the fact it's at Amy Stadium, and again, I think the Storm they weren't horrible last week, and and I think that they're just at a base level, they're they're a much better side than the Knights. Um, if Craig Bennett Craig Bennett <laughs> if Wayne Bennett can uh can categorically out coach Bellamy, uh the Knights are a chance, but um there's still there's too much class in that storm side.
1: And just don't 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 discount though the number eleven there for the Knights. Robbie out. returning against <laughs> his former against his club, club. I mean The club motivation. that wouldn't give him the chance.
2: The motivation for him to show his champion qualities is right there.
1: The club that would pull someone the likes of Brian Norrie out of country football before giving a fucking youngster, like Rochow, a chance to fucking prove himself. Exactly. So he's going to come prodigy. back. prodigy. Some would say he's a prodigy. No? He's a, he's maybe, gonna, maybe not he's, some, maybe it's just me. He, he would come down. He's going to go down to Melbourne and basically jam his fucking cool sounding surname right up fucking Bellamy's ass.
2: Exactly right.
1: In, 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 in a losing Newcastle side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, I can't. I, I can see a way for the Knights to win, but it just doesn't fucking add up when you think. You know, when you think about it, the, the top four sides have really proven, even over, even with the the lower quality of the of the Friday night semi final, the top four sides really have proven that they are a, a level above the you know the rest. Exactly. And Newcastle, you know, coming good in the first final is one thing. Against a busted ass, doggy side that just wanted their season to end. Um, you know it's a different story the Storm in Melbourne they've got a great record down there they'll be hurting from losing to the Rabbits you know I just think all things point to them winning agreed That is full time for episode one thirty eight. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at twi league. We're on Facebook as well. facebook.com forward slash this week in league. Make sure you hit that like button and share the post and all that kind of thing. Because I've found that the likes have slowed down a lot. And obviously, you know, it does. You know, people do tail off as their team you know falls out of contention. So uh, make sure you get on there and uh, spread the love. Uh, fantasy obviously done for the year, but there's still guys uh, winners of competitions. I've had some people winning who've just said, you know, no need to send me anything. You know, the glory of winning the, uh, the comp was enough Jesus. so that's fine but you know if you want something yeah, you're going to have to hit me up give me some details and shit uh, okay tipping
2: we have when a leader a fucking whiny cunts like that Todd in Northern Territory he had a fair he had a, he he my had my a shirt.
1: It. it feels
2: like I've waited two years for this shirt mainly because he had waited two years for his shirt but well,
1: well you know t- 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 le- le- less, less than two years it was like six months less than two years wasn't it like it was just like a yeah once he got percent, to whine about it yeah. wasn't two years yeah, it's a suck, ain't he? He's got his Tigers in decline shirt fucking pretty quick. Sharp card. <laughs> Tipping Troy Schroeder has taken the lead. A crucial one point lead at 141 points he's got there. Uh, Voodoo Rock, 140. Desi's Ducks in third, 139. Boxcar Jason in fourth, 138. Ben Diggity, 137. Big Dan one thirty six. Then we got tied in seventh the real Jedi, our former le- leader, one thirty six. Williams two seventy seven, one thirty six. Dougie one thirty five. Lynn and Ozzy one 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 nine eight. Tied on one thirty five as well. That's eleven places there. So at this point in the game, what we got two two games next week? Two games the week after? Grand final. Five games. Two games this week, two games next week. To get into the grand final and the grand final. Right? Yeah, so five, yeah, games. five games left. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So there's a so we've got a total of five points available. What I mean is we've got a total of five points available here in the uh tipping. And geez, I would dare say that you know, it's probably still a two horse race. Unless there's absolute fucking catastrophe. I mean Yeah, I
2: mean unless someone gets you know, all five right and the leaders get zero.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the likelihood of that happening I mean, very, very fucking low. Um, so, yeah, good luck to the contestants. But, uh, yeah, Troy Schrader looks like he's got the goods. Um, and also on our shop, we've still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com, hit the online store link, and uh, you go straight there. Uh, got Tigers and Klein shirt, of course. And uh, when we finally get through this little uh, little patch of sickness and stuff like that, the undefeated shirt will be on its way, and I mean, I want, I want to have a design out for it, and at least you know get this ball rolling, you know, before the end of the season. So we've got a couple of weeks to get
2: that done. So you can bash your tigers in the I mean, um, yeah, your tigers in the bullshit.
1: <laughs> Look, you, this is the thing with the tigers in the stuff. You can't say it isn't true. It's hurtful to you personally. It is very hurtful. And tigers very fans. Smart. But you can't say. But you can't say it's not true. Can you?
2: Well, it all ends next season. I mean, I'm, well, you know, it can't come soon enough. As I would say. Only
1: one spot left to go, eh? So you can still decline. And that's what people are saying. Oh, I mean, God, it's got to be rock bottom. It's got to be rock bottom. I'm saying, hey, man, fucking just wait. Let's see how it pans out. They finished 10th. Let's see how they go this season. And people are like, oh, geez, surely. He... No, they haven't hit rock bottom, actually. Still going. <laughs> and what do you know? <laughs> so, Parramatta get Neil Henry. Who knows? Sniper shoots Brooks. 16th place we'll see about that my friend
2: <laughs> I can see something drastically uh, different to that happening but that shouldn't be a surprise
1: yeah let me guess undefeated team of destiny
2: oh look you'll have to wait till next season
1: okay cool spoiler Um. alright that's it that's all we've got time for see
2: you next week see ya